You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Alright everybody, it is Tuesday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. This is the Wrestling Rewind. My name is Daryl Connor, And we have... Boy, do we have a show for you this week. <laughs> We're also on the True Penny channel and nerdtoknowmedia.com. Um, as I said... I'm Daryl O'Connor. I'm not alone. I'm joined. You may have heard him. Joined by the one, the only, the undefeated one and oh, Mr. Martin Herty. How are you, Martin? Not a bother, Daryl. How's yourself? I was better before I watched the show. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm interested to get your thoughts. Uh, like like we said earlier, it uh, depends on how you view it. That's true. Uh, if you view the show in the wider context, it's dreadful. If you can kind of separate yourself from all that, I thought it was okay. I mean, let's put it this way. Um, I wasn't upset by it. I like. I mean, when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, this this will be grand." Because you know, we're we're trying to be the podcast that sees the, the the good and rest and that doesn't hate it. And again, I didn't hate it. I don't. You know, I was more just puzzled by the whole thing. And then I was like, oh, wow. So I, I wasn't underwhelmed. I was just kind of, I was whelmed by the whole thing. You know, I was like, this isn't too bad, but it kind of is. And it, as, as a show itself, in context, it's really bad. Because when you, when you, when you put it in, right, this is Ju- uh, January 2001. And 2001 uh, was probably one of the best years for wrestling. Uh, and definitely the end of the Attitude Era. Oh, holy heck, like this was just it's probably one of the worst shows you can see in context. It's it's like a, an episode of Thunder with more it's, steps. It's funny in that everything surrounding the show is kind of more interesting than the show itself. So, so like, hold on. So yeah, we will get to that. We will get to that. But I mean I w- I just want to keep it on like on the show for a moment, like the actual show show, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, a warning when I knew it was bad, Martin, right? When all the show, when all the recaps were from Thunder. Oh, yes. And that's where I'm like, oh my you're God. The, you're getting the B story. Like, we're getting the B story. Like, but the whole pay-per-view was the B storyline. That's when I knew we were like, we are not getting a good show here. This is, this is not good. Like everything was from Thunder. Every single thing they played on that show was from Thunder. Also, um, this was, you know, you should just, instead of calling the sin, you should just call this, you know, Bookly, <laughs> the pay-per-view. There's not a star to be seen with the exception of Scott, St- of, uh, Scott Steiner. He was the only star. Everyone else was just there to be a boy. And there was some, it, it's the boyest boy pay-per-view I've ever seen. 
where like all the lads go out there and the young fellas and they're killing each other and they're they're putting on these brilliant matches and stuff and then none of it matters. So we you yeah. know again what I will say Martin when something from the backstage does actually happen please do mention it because <laughs> you told me one that blew my mind before we went on here. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. But even even before like like the individual bits and pieces like so this is sin um this was originally sold out it um, was it was yes. yeah so yeah. the 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 rebranded from sold out apparently what the plan was here was you would have all your big uh regular pay-per-views you know your starcade your super brawl and they would stay the same but they had a plan apparently to change these kind of b pay-per-views to a theme around the seven deadly sins. Yeah. So obviously you had sin, yeah. and then in a couple of weeks we're going to review greed, and then there's bankruptcy. And then there's bankruptcy. <laughs> but it was just so apparently the the plan was to do these around the seven deadly sins, which like sounds like a cool idea because you're thinking, yeah. oh yeah, greed, envy, wrath, vengeance. Yeah. But like, what do you do whenever you get to like, you know, WCW sloth. <laughs> WCW, gluttony. You know, like, WCW, pride. And then it would be more awkward you know, <laughs> in a couple of years. To, you'd have to put it on in, in June. June, yeah. Uh, uh, WCW, lust. Like, <laughs> I suppose yeah. Big Papa Pump could headline a, a pay-per-view called Lust. No, but can you imagine what uh, Mark Madden would be like during Lust? <laughs> well, there's there's the other thing. This he wasn't is, on the uh, show. No, he oh. got... Before this show, he got fired. Good. I mean, yeah. oh no. <laughs> Apparently, he'd been given like a uh, shoot interviews to different dirt sheets, and like just railing on the company, just talking about how it's it's getting sold, how it's absolutely out of control. Like, apparently, he talked a load of shit about Scott Hall, and <laughs> so, <laughs> so like. I mean, buddy, you know, points for effort, but not smart. <laughs> You were hanging on by a tread, like. <laughs> oh, he was, yeah, like, like he was hanging on by a tread. Apparently, I mean, he'd been taken aside a load of times. So, never mind all the, like the, kayfabe stuff or the shoot stuff or whatever. Apparently, yeah. he was taken aside a load of times and said, "This stuff you are saying on commentary is not cool." No, like, it's, it's like horrendous. Not, it's it's <laughs> not really terrible, cheeky like. or funny like Jerry Lawler. You just sound like a predator. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, there was a section when I was on watching the show and there was a calf fight between, uh, two, I'm sorry for using that phrase, that's the phrase that was used. Uh, that's, that's what it was at that's, the time. Yeah, at the time. And uh, I was just like, I was waiting for it. There was no screaming inappropriate things. I'm like, oh, this is this has been improved yeah. <laughs> amazing i don't feel uncomfortable watching this so, yeah sometimes it wasn't even what he said sometimes it was like the noises he'd randomly make yeah like a yeah. rest like two women would be wrestling and one of them would get rolled up say so her leg <laughs> her legs would be in the air and all you'd hear on the on the microphone would be oh, <laughs> oh jesus oh god like I go, I need to have like no. six showers. Like, yeah, say something. <laughs> just say something terrible instead. <laughs> don't make that noise. Say something really misogynistic. Don't do that. Oh my god, this was somehow worse than what you were doing before. When you were saying reprehensible things. Um, so he's yeah, gone. He's gone. Uh, the whole thing with, like, say, sin and the and the idea for the seven deadly sins, and then of course just the. Uh, 
the creme de la creme, the pièce de résistance <laughs> at the end of the show, Sid's leg just. Oh my god! No, I, I look. No, no, my fa- that was great. But my favorite part of the whole thing was one they fired their biggest star, which again, okay. Oh my god! Yeah. But no, no, the best part was throughout the whole night they build up who is the mystery man. And oh jeez! It's the road animal. Uh, like it's the road war animal. Warrior like, animal. You're like what? What? Why? <laughs> That's. And, no I mean, like, like we, uh, we, we, we get to that when we talk about the match. I mean, Ernest Miller would have been better. You could you could write on on that main event. Norman and Smiley would have been better. It it only went on for ten minutes. You could write a thesis on everything that went wrong with that main event. We'll get there. We'll get there. I mean, folks, there's just so much. When I say this is like, <laughs> when I say this is a show, you are in for a you're not in for a tree, but you're gonna hopefully be more entertained with me and Martin talking about it than the show because, you know, I mean, <laughs> I I was like, can we go early because I'm so angry. <laughs> that I want to talk about beforehand, uh, and I was just like, right now, I gotta I calm down. I I built some of this Lego that I got when I was in Milan, and I'm like, okay, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll you know have a much more calmer head. I'll have my notes, but as I was making the notes, I was like, Jesus, yeah, this was real bad, wasn't it? <laughs> this, was, this was a real bad show. Like, you know, we were watching this obviously twenty what twenty years, twenty one years removed. Yeah, yeah. Imagine. Imagine you did a radio show because there was no podcast back then. Or imagine this was on now. Imagine coming on and being like, "Man, we paid money for that." <laughs> and at the time, like at the time, it was the time, sixty bucks, setting you back fifty, sixty dollars. Yeah, like uh, you know, and you're sitting there going, "Imagine, imagine we stayed up to watch this at like one in the morning, and we come on to do a podcast afterwards." I would be like a demon. <laughs> and then <laughs> what is going on? And then a week, like if you'd picked this, like you said, all right, I can only afford one podcast or one uh, pay per view this month. We'll we give this new WCW a sin. We'll give it a go. Give it a go. <clears> yeah. And then a week later, WWF put on maybe one of the best Royal Rumbles ever. Because <laughs> that's what would have happened. That's what we would have done. Because we would have done that. I mean, most most people doing a podcast would have been like, "Ah, oh, sure, look, we'll give this a go or whatever." And I mean, it wasn't like it was bad TNA. It wasn't like it's a bad WDB show. It's just, it's such a weird show where you're like, it's literally like they took FCW with nobody. With, you know, uh, like yeah. go back and watch one of the FCW shows. But none of them are good. But then they randomly sp- sprinkle in their top talent and do nothing with them. And you're like, right. So it's not good as a, as a, you know, a water the garden kind of thing and watch some people grow. Which well, would yeah, be cool. Because I it as a top show. And particularly when we're watching it with hindsight, uh, like you say, you don't get the you don't get that thing, oh well, at least we'll see some up and coming guys because the company's gone in two months. So <laughs> I no, I will say there were some good points in this. I, I did genuinely I thought the cruiserweight stuff was fantastic. Two really good cruiserweight displays here. Really enjoyed the hardcore match, which is except for the end was really dumb. Um yeah. But it does possibly have one of the worst main events of anything ever. I mean, this should be in The Hague. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. The, the, the thing is, though, as well, that it's not uh, It's not like the, the really, really like offensively bad ones. Like We've, no. we've done some uh, WCW pay-per-views that like, you just, you're angry coming out of them. And it's kind of a pity that the company is... Obviously, with hindsight, we know where the company is now. 
two to three months from just going completely out of business. And they came, they seem to have gotten themselves out of the out of the slump. You know, like you say, it's by no means a great pay-per-view or anything even remotely like that, but they have gotten over the Russo nonsense. They've yeah. gotten back on track with the, you know, some like we say, some of the undercard here is quite good. They're sort of building new so you know, Hogan's gone. Goldberg's Sorry, hold like, on, hold on. I have to I have to interrupt you there. Um so I was kind of just flicking through what's what's next, you know, on Wikipedia here. Because the next thing on the network, and that's what we're going by, because again, it's some of the stuff you can't find. There was a show called Super Bowl Revenge, right? A week like uh, later in February. Yeah. And you have another loser leaves WCW. <laughs> and it's like I, what or did he did he know what's going on or you know I mean uh, it's bizarre. bizarre. I, think the, I think around this time as well there's like three or four pay-per-views in a row where they have uh you know the winner becomes the commissioner. Yeah. So like just being the commissioner at that stage just means nothing. So like oh stick it up in a match like like I'm, oh wait no actually sorry the next one the next one on the timeline is Super Brawl Revenge. So sorry, yeah, we spoiler there. It's on the network. So I mean that that's not even a pay-per-view. That's just a special show they have. But if you're actually looking at that card, that card is more stacked than this one. This so actually has not, some stars. So that's not the actual Super Brawl then, is it? That's No, it's like a special event oh, they did. Weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'll get there. Uh, or actually, I don't know. No, I the, mean, the th- they say you hear that it was the pay per view. So, but I mean, I totally forgot this thing existed. I just thought greed was next. Ah, well. Yeah, but like, th- I think part of the reason that that this one ended up disappointing so much is because it kicks off with a big opening. It actually looks like they've a really good crowd. Like yeah. there's none, uh, there's none. It's, it's not at the stage like a couple of months ago where even camera angles couldn't hide the fact that huge portions of the arena were empty. There's a big crowd there. They're up for it. They're all cheering. They're all going mad. You get a really decent, you know, cruiserweight opener. In fact, it, it's actually a while into the pay-per-view. Now, there's all the usual WCW stuff of that didn't make any sense. Why is that happening? They've overbooked this, blah, blah, blah. But it's a while before you get to something that you could call objective, like an objectively bad match. You know, so I think part of the reason <laughs> that it hurts so much in the end is because, you know, you could have, like you say, back in the day, got this and ordered it. And for the first 20, 30 minutes, you're going to be like, all right, maybe... Maybe, maybe we're on to something here. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just so puzzling. It really is just so puzzling. And I mean, I think if they had a, because as you said, that's what threw me there, where they had, you know, these were the smaller B-level pay-per-views, but they never, they didn't commit to them. It wasn't like when the WWE, you know, they had their Raw and their SmackDown. And I mean, I think you would see where this kind of evolved into it, um, that kind of concept, because it just seemed like, this was like the troll run for that kind of thing of splitting your roster. But they didn't split the roster. They just put loads of like <laughs> no names on no and then they still had they still had their main event. And it's like you either fully go 
or you don't do it. And I mean, it's just such a disjointed show. Like, to be honest with you, right? If we had have had more matches like the beginning of the card, it actually would have been fine. I would have been like, look, there was a bunch of guys that nobody knew what was going on, but they went out, did the best they could. They yeah. wrestled for a belt that didn't really mean anything because there would be a belt that doesn't mean anything. Everyone went home. Sure, isn't it, Grant? But no, they insisted in having two nonsense matches. One of the worst, first blood chain match. Well, I mean, chain oh, matches the... usually, oh, mess. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get to I it. have some notes on that one. But I mean, it's like they were like, oh, okay, we're going to do this really cool idea. And then, but we need to do this too. And it's like, no. No, no, what you're doing was fine. Just go back to it. <laughs> and then the fact, wheels one, fall off. One thing I really noticed was the opening match is there's no nonsense. It's two, yep. two wrestlers, two really good wrestlers who go out and they have a hell of a match. Right? Yeah. There's no like massive spots in it. Uh, yeah. But there's also, there's no run-ins. There's no gimmicks. There's no overbooked, convoluted nonsense. You know, uh, yeah, the, the gimmick it, is they're going into wrestle. Yeah, and it was really refreshing. Yeah. And it's it's almost like NXT got really good in the sort of um, late 2010s. Yeah. Partly because Vince, I don't think he even realized it was there. No, he didn't know so, it was a thing. So, so they were kind of left to do their own thing. So these undercard guys who weren't having all these shocks and twists and swerves thrown on them like nobody noticed them so they could just kind of go out there and do their own thing and the best bloody thing on the show yeah they're like oh we can just wrestle you know yeah. and i mean that the sad part about this is that is the that is the pillar of the show right that's when you're watching you're like this is when it's the best so by the time you, by the time you get around to the main event or whatever you're like you're and again i you know we'll get more into it but if you're watching the show and it, it seems very disjointed, it's because it is. I mean, I, I don't believe they re, like thought backstage stuff of this. The show was changing as it was going out. So maybe, maybe they did just change it on the day. You know, you don't know. Yeah. That could have happened because like, if you read Brian Alvarez's book, he does kind of say a lot of this kind of stuff where that was happening, where they're rewriting the show as it was going out. And I mean, yeah, like it does seem like, but it doesn't seem as disjointed as other Russo pay-per-views but, uh, that yeah, we've I watched think, before. I think Russo's gone at this stage. So he was in and out in that period. He he would have fallouts with them, and I think this was one of the periods when he was gone. But there's a match in it, um, the Young Dragons versus uh, Jamie Noble and yeah. someone else. And they, they even say on the pay-per-view, the commentators say, all right, folks, this was an impromptu match. This yes. is a, a bonus you're getting. Yeah. Like I'm sitting going, "That's something's happened there. Yeah. That's covering for something or stalling for time. or Because there's absolutely no reason you would put an unannounced match on the card, but it's like the Young Dragons versus Jamie Noble. So it's not a big... But it's it was not a, a huge surprise. The worst thing about it is the match was great. Like, oh, those young match, dragon guys. That unbelievable. Brilliant. Brilliant. But um, all right, so let's get into this. Uh, all right, so Sin came everybody's way from Indianapolis, Indiana, from the Costco uh, Fieldhouse. Attendance was just under seven thousand, 
And uh, yeah, your commentators are Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson, Gene, Mean Gene Ogerlin, Mike Tenay, and uh, Michael Buffer got paid. His like 10 million or something. God, yeah, yeah, for, for his three minutes. For work. three minutes. I mean, I do genuinely hate the way he won't shut up and when they're walking to the crowd, when they're walking down. Also, the fact that Jeff Jarrett at this point was a four time world champion, I was like, I actually rewound. I was like, he's what? <laughs> <laughs> he's what? Oh my God. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like his entrances, but I, I don't think he's particularly great. No, I mean, I, he does the let's get ready to rumble thing and you're like, oh, that's great. But I mean, I I just don't like the way he doesn't shut up. He just keeps going. You're like, we get it. You don't need to keep he, talking. You know, we know he, who he is. <laughs> fighting out of Indianapolis. He is the master of the arm bar. He owns more than 6,000 model tractors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he talks them the whole way. But what I don't get about the whole way. He talks them the whole way down to the ring and he's bigging them up and up and up and all their achievements. And then they get in the ring and he is big Papa Pump. And you're waiting for him to go, Scott Steiner. And he goes, big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. What? No, man. (laughs) Blow it out at the end. Come on. He's just a tease. That's what he is. Yeah. But (laughs) I I don't understand how they couldn't hire someone for a fraction of the price to do something very similar but legally distinct. Well, I mean, they could have, but they just didn't. I mean, that's the only thing that's consistent throughout all yeah. of this is that is him. It's the, like the company is <laughs> hemorrhaging money and they're paying this guy, I think it's legitimately like Yeah, it's like five to ten million. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's every time he does it. Yeah. It's like a hundred grand every time yeah. he says that. Yeah, so his contract worked out to be improved five, ten million a year is <laughs> wild like it's mental. But I don't understand. Like, no, to be fair, if someone said, look, go out there and say nonsense for like 10 minutes. I mean, you're not going to say no. So, I mean, fair play to him. He got paid. But at the same time, you're like, really? You could hire like some lad on the street to come in and do that. And you probably do it for free. Or, you know, backstage, just hanging around, you have bloody mean Gene Okerlund, you know, like. And Mike Tanay. And Mike Tanay. Just hanging out. (laughs) You know, there's. It's it just, it's one of the, I think one of the reasons WCW is so fascinating and in many ways even more fascinating than WWF is it's because it was so bizarre. None yeah. of it makes any sense. Like no. I, there's, there's a couple of really good books on the kind of the rise and fall of WCW and I would absolutely recommend them to anyone because the way that company was run is... yeah fascinating like i'd say like yeah the 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 one that um brian alvarez wrote is like the rise and fall of wcw that's a great book i haven't read it in a while now but it is a really really good book if no one's actually read it before i have a gay evans uh natro the incredible rise and inevitable fall of ted turner's world championship wrestling so i'll watch i'll read that actually i haven't read that one ridiculous long title on it but it's a it's very good as well okay i'll check that out because i mean like you do kind of like the backstage stuff helps but when you're watching it you're trying to be like right how did it actually play out and a lot of the rusev stuff is gone now as you said it makes sense not rusev rusev stuff is gone now which kind of makes sense and um but i mean even watching the show like you could tell what they were trying to do but then still didn't go the full way and we'll we'll mark the point that it happens but let's get into it so look the first match chavo guerrero defeated shane helms right 
for the cruiserweight belt. This is a return to what we we talked about when Eddie Guerrero was there, where the, yeah. and he was having this feud with Billy Kidman, where they were going in having these absolute barn burner matches to open the show, but it felt like the belt genuinely meant something. And again, it's yes. not surprising. It's Shane it Helms with Tava Guerrero. Even, even without the belt, uh, for a while there, and, and you actually get a glimpse of it it feels like it again in this match. For exactly, a while yeah. there, it feels like the cruiserweight division. Yeah. It it feels like its own div- like proper division. Um, and particularly in wrestling where you don't have like weight divisions and stuff because obviously it's all um it's all uh, gimmicked. Uh, with the cruiserweight title, it genuinely feels like like its own division. Like it's not necessarily lesser than the world title. It's just it's just its division. own thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just its own thing. Like, there's no, there's no big difference. And I mean, that was great because, like, watching this whole thing, I was like, right, this is actually a real. Like, foolishly, in my foolishness, um, <laughs> thought that this show was that. You know, I was like, oh, here we go. You know, we're we're in for a good time. No, I mean, as soon as this match ended, and it, it actually the the ending of it was quite good. That little exchange um, to the finish was quite good. Yeah. Um, you know, like it was, it was that kind of chain, um, chain reversal. Yeah, well, that's Rainbuster, which was really cool. But that's what was good about it. Like the cruiserweight doesn't have to mean dives and flips everywhere. It means because, like, they're lighter guys. You can do these much more intricate moves, and then you can pull out like stuff like a Brainbuster or whatever, kind of out of nowhere. You know, you obviously couldn't do that with like a. 300 pound gay 200 pound gay whatever you no know. and the crowd and the crowd were into it as well like they were hot and oh then, yeah and then they started playing the video package and it had all the thunder stuff and then out walks the bookly of all bookleys reno my boy <laughs> walks out and i'm like oh no here we go then big Vito walks out and you're like oh no his, his, his brother his apparently. brother who I didn't know this was a thing. Apparently, they're brothers. <laughs> one is very much Italian, doing the hand signals and everything. The other one walks out looking like a, a rejected Marilyn Manson concert goer. With his rat tail. <laughs> it's, it's, his hair is disgusting. It's this manky, greasy rat tail thing. You're like, what are you doing? Just cut that off, man. And um, he again, Reno, like Big Vito, you know, he'd go to WWE and do the whole Vito thing. Reno didn't. And you can see why. Like, I mean, there's no, there's no future in his crew. There's no, you know, this was it for him. This was his big, this was his yeah. big moment. He, Reno strikes me as the kind of gay who will be an absolute top gay in some really small regional company, you know, so, in the Midwest. So I'm, go- so I'm going to correct myself. He showed up briefly in WWE for a dark match. And then was in the alliance, and then he got fired because he went to the heartland. And then he went because though he was he was released in December two thousand and one, so lasted a couple of months, and then went down to World Wrestling All Stars, and that says it all. There you go. I so, bet he was a big deal in <laughs> World Wrestling All Stars. Look, this is a this is a it, it was actually a fine fine match. Yeah, it was a fine match, but I mean, I think the, but it, it was, was it was hampered. It was hampered by that stupid storyline that made no sense. Well, it's like you say, it was perfectly reasonable, perfectly acceptable, even perfectly enjoyable, because they're two big gays slapping yeah. each other. Yeah. Thunder match. 
it yeah. wasn't a pay-per-view blow-off, you know. Um, like the I, only I, other thing I would say about it, because like I say, it was just very fine. Uh, the only other thing I'd say about it was that the commentators massively oversold yeah. what was happening. So, but to like be I fair, it, dude, I'd much rather have that than them talking about Hogan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is what they've done. I mean, at least you're like, okay, cool, right? I, I'm in Torino and Big Vito. Go on, go. And then you're like, they're not, they're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, what got me in it was they were, they were talking about like Reno was uh, the commentators kept um, kind of really overblowing the violence. Yeah. Like, oh my yeah. God, Reno, he's your brother. You can't do that to your brother. I'm sitting there going. It's a clothesline. It's, <laughs> it's a, a wrestling and... match. Like it's not. <laughs> he hasn't been, yeah, he hasn't been headlocked. He's like, oh, he's got to kill him. It's like, yeah, like no. it's one thing if he was out there, you know, and they built up some big dramatic thing where he was going to hit him with a weapon or something. But like, he hits him with like just his finisher, which is just a version of the crossroads. And yeah. they're like, on oh, his own brother. Oh my! And I'm like, this perfectly legal move in a regulated wrestling match that they've both of you agreed to be in. It's why why are you overselling the drama of this? Also, again, it's the first time I think they've ever mentioned their brothers. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of hard to be like, oh yeah, he's a brother. It's like they've wrestled Christian like, before. It's a wee bit like Edge because Edge and Christian. Because I could have swore. At an earlier, like maybe a couple of pay-per-views back, they were cousins. Vito and Reno were were cousins. I, and I think you know, I, I think there was like they're both Italian sounding. One is more, but one is distinctly <laughs> more Italian than the others. Like literally, the full-blooded Italians is coming out with the hand signals and everything, being kind of racist. Flag on his wrist. And it's like, yeah, you're like, this is okay. You're, we're about to cross the line here, but um, you know, and then the other guy comes out and he's just you know again with his little rat tail, like and you're like. <laughs> Just surely they would share a gimmick, right? No, <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a weird, it's such a weird WCW is weird, man. It's a weird yeah. thing. It's a weird pay per view. That's like all I say, can say. It just it, uh, it was a match that that came and went. It didn't particularly thrill, it didn't particularly offend. And so, I'll be very pleased if I never, ever think of it again after this. But I will say, if people are like, okay, well, what is a Bookley? What is a boy, right? <laughs> Reno. He's like, yeah. you put up a picture of Reno and that is exactly what a Bookley is. Because he went out and did the best that he could and it wasn't good enough. But sure, we love him anyway with his little rat tail. I, I, I don't know whether or not to put um So Jake Hagar on... Dynamite during the week had a, had a really good match, and you know people are constantly down on him. Oh, he's he's crap. He's no good in singles. I, I think he's quite good. Yeah. Um So I think I'm gonna have. I think I'd have Jake Hager in my. I'm, I'm sort of over time slowly forming my like Bukali A team. <laughs> all you I'm, need is all you need is like a Tardis where you can jump back and grab them, and or even Bill and Ted's <laughs> phone boot where you can be like have them all there. Same. I mean like. I, this whole show really was made up of booklies. Yeah. <laughs> like, really was. And I'll call them out. But, I mean, it's a shame. Reno could have could have been more. Like, when he, he's nowhere near as good as Canyon. But you're watching him when you're like, actually, with a bit of work, he could have been like Canyon. Because there are some good moves in there. Like, the roll of the dice, as you said, it's a, it's a crossroads. But it looks really good. It actually actually does, yeah. I think because you know? he's quite built and stocky, it looks pretty good. 
Um, speaking of Boogaloo, man, I would have uh, from the previous match Shane Helms in it. That ah, you uh, can't though. He's like, I mean, yeah. When he, he when he was on to be the Hurricane, but that uh, three count, oh, yeah, like three they count. Have, you know, they're a Wonderful. boy band. Yeah, brilliant. that's class. That should come back. They should, like again, yeah. if anyone was listening for some reason from some company, do a do like a Gen Z but like streamer gimmick. Yeah, I can't believe that the that, that that isn't. A thing you know? because it's it's so perfect for being a you know loves himself heel, but it's also awesome. Like if you somehow got over for being like a kind of an ironic baby face, like it's, it's like the three the fact that they the song is so terrible as well. It just adds <laughs> yeah. to it. And every time you see it, like you just start laughing because it's so wonderful. It's the well, best well, thing that WCW ever did. The best thing about doing this gimmick is. You don't actually even need to be able to sing because no, because they don't. That's the joke. If, if you can't sing, if you're a bad singer, that makes it even funnier. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's great. Like, so uh, yeah, okay, maybe not Shane Helms specifically, but I definitely have three count uh, in my uh, in my Boohly list. The, the actual gimmick itself. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, so look, the next match is surprising because you know it was added at the last moment, and it's one of the top three matches of the whole night. Uh, Young Dragons. Uh, defeated Evan Cargellis and Jamie Noble. I don't know who Evan was. I was like, what, someone said Kaz, and I'm like, Kaz? I was like, no, no, it's 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 one of the Young Dragons. But I don't even know who Evan Cargellis is. can't remember his never, name. Never heard of him. Um, he was in, yeah, he was in the, he was in the, um, he has a similar career path to, as, uh, as our boy. Um, but no, yeah. Yeah, he, I was I was actually interested because the Young Dragons kind of only formed in WCW in two thousand, sort of late two thousand, early two thousand and one. Yeah, um, and we've seen I think pretty much we've seen their whole career because yeah. they were only there for about four or five pay per views. Yeah, but they were always great. Um, yeah. So I kind of wondered what happened to them, and apparently one of them uh, I can't remember their individual names, but apparently one of them after WCW, so just went back to Japan and became like an all Japan pro wrestling, like mainstay. Like he was one of their top guys for years after that. Well, here's one for you. So one did do that. Hitachi did that. And then the other Hitachi. one is known as Jimmy Wang Yang. Oh, so he did show up to WWE eventually, but, uh, young Yang was known as Jimmy Wang Yang. And Kaz Hitachi is like one of the, is a huge star in Japan. <laughs> in Japan, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, and so, you know, the only one I, who the only one who did nothing was your man Evan. Yeah, I was I was kind of glad when I read that that your man went back to Japan and and really made it because, like I say, every time these guys show up, they're thrown into these nothing matches and they make the absolute best of them. Like, well, here's the thing: around the same time as this right and it's it's surprising that he hasn't shown up randomly but also not i mean the odds of it would have been very low but um aj styles is working thunder matches wow at the, isn't at, that, like you know so i mean it was not again, mad that they had him there yeah but it was like he <laughs> was just starting out you know he wouldn't be the aj styles for a while but yeah. he was working thunder you know, so I mean, he could have been on one of these pay- these thrown out in pay per views, and you know what? If WCW had it kept going, as you said, running these seven deadly sin shows, he probably would have shown up eventually. If 
I love I love this alternate timeline stuff, but I genuinely would have loved to see what Eric Bischoff would have done with WCW if he'd have bought it. Yeah, because like right WWF two thousand and one, they are flying high, but uh, I mean it's about to not come crashing down, but they're they're about to lose that like real sort of constant top tier they're at, and if WCW had survived, they really could have maybe not made it big, but they could have been sustainable by promoting themselves as, you know, the real wrestling alternative. We're not doing the stupid gimmicky stuff WWF's at. Yeah. Come here, you're going to get great matches, great wrestling, no bullshit. But obviously that's not what happened. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, you know, but if you're watching this show, um, that's probably a match of the night. Like very, very, it's either that one or the opener because both are fantastic, and it does kind of show you that even in the, even as the ship is going down, there's still guys going out to work their ass off, and they did, you know, yeah, fair play. It's like we were saying earlier, you can tell the guys in this show who know that it's the end because they're yeah. they're not even like Damon Dallas Page and Kevin Nash are out there. <laughs> they just they might care. as well be in like training. Yeah. Um, whereas you have these guys like Young Dragon, Shane Helms, and that, and they're going out and they're really putting on, uh, they're really putting on their their best effort. The, the only thing I'd say about the Young Dragons match was, was it just me or was that finish very odd? Yeah. So well, I mean, I mean, it twist. wasn't planned. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I thought it looked like a botch. So it was like a twisting corkscrew. I think maybe he was meant to hit it. Yeah. And the guy. He either missed or maybe the guy moved because uh, he stands up then and just sort of does a roll up, you know. But apart yeah. from that, great, great match. And I mean, I think the reason, the the very real reason for that is because it wasn't planned. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> <that> <laughs> no, is... I thought you meant the finish, but yeah, the whole match was The whole planned. match. They were just probably calling it in the ring, you know. Um, so fair play. So next, the next match was uh, Ernest Miller and Mike Sanders. So obviously they were hanging out and catering and needed less skilled guys to go out and fall around yeah. that's what happened <laughs> it was like mike sanders is a former stand-up comedian uh, yeah i was i was surprised he wasn't funnier <laughs> no <laughs> i mean this show it was not very good um look, look ernest miller and mike sanders aren't going to go out and you know they're not punk mjf uh I, I over the the year or, or two years, whatever we've been doing this, I have developed a kind of a begrudging uh, like liking for Ernest Miller. Yeah, because uh, he's great on the mic, he and he comes in, and then if if you have Ernest Miller come in and do his ridiculous dancing shtick and do his you know uh, trash talk on the mic, and then give him a four like the actual match four minutes um, and gimmick the hell out of it. I, I think he's great. Now, unfortunately, whatever happened in this match, um, I think maybe because the M- Miller was a baby face in it and he's, he's not as good as a baby face. You know, he can't throw out those real yeah funny, vicious barbs that he used to. Um, it was just flat. Yeah, so it was a wee bit flat. And then obviously that, when the actual character stuff is a bit flat and then the match isn't great it's you know it it doesn't really make up for it um and then 
at no stage was this described as like a, a no DQ match. And there's yeah. just like open hitting each other with weapons and stuff in front of the referee. And like normally it wouldn't bother me, but it's just that disqualifications are such a big part of the show later on. Yeah. You know? And with this, it was just like, what? But the thing is, there was a promo cut, and Mike Sanders was, was cutting a promo as well beforehand, and it was like, why didn't you just make this an ODQ match? Just, yeah. I mean, everything just screamed that it was going to be an ODQ match, but then it just wasn't. What wasn't, yeah. You know? But look, it was under six minutes. Uh, Ernest Miller won. Mike Sanders didn't. That's kind of all she wrote. Yeah, and, and the, the, the match itself, like, it had... It had enough distractions in terms of run-ins and nonsense. Nonsense. Just to make it like, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, it wasn't it was, bad. It was. Just, it was fine. You know? It was fine. The next match was very annoying until the ending, which was fantastic. Because I mean, the last sequence was fantastic, except for all the whistling. Who was blowing the whistle? Was that yeah? So like, who? It wasn't Jim Duggan. It was. I don't know who it was, but. It was I, I the think, most annoying thing I've ever heard. I think it was it was the referees who were so this is the penalty box match. Right. So this match is Team Canada versus the Filthy Animals. A penalty box match with Jim Duggan as a special guest referee. So obviously, so to get everyone up today, uh Jim Duggan was a turncoat who went with Lance Storm during his anti American gimmick, right? Filthy animals aren't necessarily the most American people in the world. Which is weird, you have Conan and Rey Mysterio who, Conan makes a thing out of his, it's very bizarre that that's where he went, and then they have Billy Kidman who's there. Now again, Filthy Animals, it's a weird, it, it's a weird gimmick, uh, but it's it's a weird pairing because everything up to this point that we've seen with Team Canada is jingoistic, anti-American. I mean, does Rey Mysterio literally have Mexico tattooed across his saying. stomach? Yeah, I, <laughs> And Conan made a career out of, you know, Viva La Raza. Like, yeah. <laughs> literally, that's his career. And I'm like, you couldn't have picked someone else to do this feud. But okay, I mean, it was really, it was a good match. Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio, it, Conan, Conan at his peak. Uh, it reminds me of, um, it reminds me of, oh God, it's, it's really famous. There, there was some match in the WWF in the, in the noughties. And the crowd is chanting USA, USA, and I think nobody in the match is from the US. I think they're mostly Canadian, and then maybe like one European guy. I, I think, think it's had, like yeah, I think I had Jericho. I think you're yeah, Edge, Jericho, and Jericho, and, yeah. and uh, you know a couple of those guys, um, and the crowd's chanting USA. It's like nobody here is American. Oh my god, I love it. But I mean, that was the first thing I was sitting there going. This is going to be a good match, but it's very weird. It's just a strange pairing, you know? But, I mean, like uh, Mike Awesome stole the show here. And, I mean, it was surprising because he was kind of hidden in there, you know? There was yeah. a bit near the end of it where he did an awesome bomb from one side of the ring to the other, and you're like, oh, holy hell. Brilliant. He's just so killed whoever that was. Ju- just before we get into the match, we should explain. The penalty box match. Now, this all ties into why I was so annoyed with the no DQ stuff earlier. So a penalty box match is whenever a wrestler commits a transgression during a match, yeah. which would normally be a DQ, or yeah. in the case of WCW, would normally be the ref looking blankly at it as if nothing had happened. <laughs> uh, 
what happens is they're put in the penalty box for a minute. So there's a literal penalty box outside the ring and they have to leave and stand in the penalty box for a minute. And I Correct. think the, the whistling you heard was every time someone went in or out, one of the referees outside would, would blow his whistle. Oh, now, that was a very annoying. That was, yeah, a, that was a bad because, decision. Because it's only a minute, but you would have maybe, there could be maybe three gays in the box and they're in there within 10 seconds of each other. Yeah. So then out of nowhere, you have this whistle going off. But um, but the problem with it was that it was a it was a tag match. So it wasn't a Texas tornado. It was, no. it was only one gay in the ring at a time. Yeah. Right? So so there would eventually, basically, if someone was in a penalty box, there would be a, a, a one team advantage. Yeah. Well, I mean. Kind of. Kind of. But not really, because it was only one on one. At any time, and you didn't even have a, a a team advantage if you had more men, because if you went in the ring when you weren't supposed to be in the ring, you got sent to the penalty box. But that happened. It, it just made no sense. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it, there's better ways to do this. This should have been a cage match. Oh, you, a, any it other been a cage match? I, like it's just it's it's crazy. It's like the way there's the chain matches. Like don't. It's very. We talked about this with the Punk uh, MGF chain match. That's the. Uh, it's hard to do a so chain match. You yeah. cannot do it. But I mean, this was hampered by its gimmick. Well, but the end of it. I mean, that Mike Awesome Awesome Bomb was was amazing. I thought you put your hand through the ring. I can't remember who it was. I think it was either Mysterio or Kidman. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. No, because no, it wasn't Kidman. It was either Conan or Mysterio because uh, Kidman was involved in the the Texas Coverly finish. Um, but it 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 looked like um like it was it was well named like the awesome bomb, but I think one of the things that's so frustrating about this match is Lance Storm, Mike Awesome, Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio. There's a hell of a match there. Yeah. Why are you sticking this convoluted? Like I know why because it's cocky and it's Canadian, but why are you sticking this convoluted gimmick in it that is breaking up the flow of, of what match. otherwise could be. A, another like if you if they had a treated this match like the opening match just go out and have a banger this would have been brilliant should have just called a, a canadian street fight yeah or for, there you if, go i mean if you want to do the hockey really thing want, exactly yeah. canadian street fight i mean like i just call it a ho- hockey hockey fight match. hockey match or yeah. you know some nonsense i mean it's not hard like just don't <laughs> You don't need to build a literal <laughs> penalty box and so bring it stupid. down to the ring. You know what? Well, at least they called it a box and not a box-like structure. A box. <laughs> Imagine. Um, look, I really enjoyed the next match. It was Meng defeated Crowbar with Daphne and Terry Funk for the Hardcore Championship. Now, here's the thing. Triple Threat Hardcore match. Crowbar also one of my Bookley. He was out there. Book with the with a big bookly head on him, you know, he <laughs> <laughs> just look like he did not belong. Looked like he needed a shower, hasn't showered in ages. Daphne out there killing it. Daphne's the best. Um, but right, he, I really enjoyed this match. This match was fantastic, except for the end, which was really stupid, really stupid. Um, but I, th- I think one of the things about Crowbar was he seemed really confused about. I'm not sure if he if he just wasn't used to WCW hardcore matches, but he seemed really confused about what he was supposed to sell and what he wasn't supposed to sell, and for how long he was supposed to sell 
certain things. No, no, my favourite one was, right. So, it, it look, to be fair, this went around the arena. They actually had a really good brawl. Terry Funk was great. Again, it's kind of, you know, you're like watching Terry Funk going, I get why you left WWE because he wouldn't let you do this, but also... You didn't have to do this. Could have went, but they're paying him more than ECW were, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you're watching, you're like, okay, fair enough. But then when it went to the ring, and there was an exchange where they were team. I think they were team Crowbar and Meng were teaming up on Terry Funk. No, sorry, no, so the other way around. Terry Funk was team, and Crowbar were teaming up on Meng. And then Crowbar, instead of letting Meng be defeated, he slams um, Terry Funk with the chair, and you're like. Why did you do that? You you could have won the match. <laughs> so then Meng ends up winning with the with his uh, submission. But that's not the end, ladies and gentlemen. What happens then, Martin, in the real world? <laughs> so Meng, and this is a what becomes something of a recurrent theme at WCW. So Meng just wins the WCW hardcore title. And literally, literally one week later, he would show up in the Royal Rumble as Haku. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so do you remember the game? Do you remember uh, Chris Benoit told him he was going to leave, and they were like, "Oh, we'll make you the world champion." And he said, "Yeah, cool, but <clears throat> I'm still leaving." Uh, so they made him the world champion, and then he left. <laughs> it's just it, uh, it was kind of like a a lesser version of that. Uh, but, but I mean, I don't know if his contract ran out, if he was just on a per appearance thing or maybe because Meng uh, slash Haku is sort of famously known as like the the real life hardest man in all of wrestling according to the Undertaker yeah maybe he went and he said I'm going to WWF and WCW said no uh, you, you have a contract you're not allowed and he said you know what are you going to do about it and they said nothing Please don't, <laughs> please don't kill us. Um, I don't know. I mean, puzzling is not the word. I really hate the <laughs> WCW hardcore belt. I think it looks terrible. Um, uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean like, they should have smashed that up and should have just been like, well, we're stealing from you anyway. Let's really steal from you. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, I mean, like, here's what you should have done. Sorry, here's what you should have done. Should have taken the belt with him and attacked Crash Holly. Yeah. <laughs> that would yeah. have been interesting. I mean. <sighs> done, done what Ric Flair did. Just go yeah. in. I'm, I'm the real hardcore champion. champion. Yeah. I yeah. mean. What, what are you doing to do? Sue? <laughs> They're bankrupt in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like by the time it got to court. Yeah. It, like... it would have been owned by WWF. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I think your attitude to this match. Will just depend on your attitude to naughty's hardcore wrestling. I love it. I love. Um, I love these matches, man. I really do. I'm. I'm. I'm not the biggest fan, but when it's done well, like we had some great ones. Uh, Bam Bam. with Bam Bam with Hack with yeah. Brian Nobbs, and I thought there was parts of this I really enjoyed. So I know. I know Crowbar is your bully, but whenever kind of funk and meng were just let go at each other yeah I really there, there's a brilliant bit uh where meng is um crowbar has him pushed up against like a corrugated uh door mm. and funk uh, crowbar's 
like leaning into his stomach so his head's down and Funk is behind him with a bin and instead of hitting him with the bin he just hoofs it at him <laughs> just hauls it at Meng and it comes round and comes like flat at the bottom and just cracks him right in the face it's amazing I really enjoyed when there was a spot with the fence and the fence somehow managed to bend around Terry Funk. And you're like, that's not what that's not what guardrails do. <laughs> uh, oh, so, so stupid. There was so stupid. Yeah, there was it was it was maybe is a little too kick punch walk for me at times, but also at times it had some just brilliant, ridiculous moments. So look, the the next match. I'm not going to say too much about it. It was 12 minutes of a paycheck where yeah. Natural Born Trillers defeated the Insiders who legitim- who are DDP and Kevin Ash who were legitimately like, we're done here in a couple of months. It doesn't matter. You know, they were working out their notice. Yeah. And uh, it was for the tag championships. I mean, I haven't got anything else to say other than that. Well, you can, like, like we were saying earlier, you can tell that the... Uh... The insiders know the writings on the wall, yeah. And you can tell that the natural born thrillers are, oh, th- this is our opportunity to, to make a name for ourselves, yeah. So they're actually Palumbo and O'Hare are in there, really giving it their all. Uh, and in fact, there's actually some amazing spots through this match that are all Palumbo and uh, and O'Hare doing them, yeah. But yeah, like you say, even DDP, who you can normally rely on to go out there and really, you know, give every crowd his best, even he clearly couldn't care less. Yeah, no, he absolutely knew, absolutely knew, the, as you said, the writing was on the wall, and it was kind of a point where you're just like, right, why are we Why are we here, you know? Um, I felt the same with, I know, I felt puzzled with Shane yeah. Douglas and <laughs> uh, Jen Rexon. Um, well, well, firstly, that is not a chain match. <laughs> this is advertised as a chain match. A chain match is when the two wrestlers are chained, chained together. together. Yeah. A chain match is not when there is a, an, a a thin, like it's not even a chain, it's a bloody necklace ha- <laughs> hanging from the ceiling. So, so th- that's the first thing that's confusing about it. The next thing that's confusing about it is, so the the goal is to, get up a ladder, I assume, and get this chain. So it's obviously no DQ, right? Right. But, but then they spend 10 minutes just having like, you know, like a work in the leg. All right, gang, that's going to do it for the Phoenix event segment. If you're listening to this on the podcast, the show will continue after this break. If you're not and you're listening to this on Phoenix 92.5 FM, thank you for joining us live. Go over to Nerd to Know Media right now, nerdtoknowmedia.com, and get the rest of the show. Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Check it out now. See you next week here on Phoenix 92.5 of them. You have nothing else to do on a Saturday? Do you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. So, the goal is to get up a ladder, I assume, and get this chain. So it's obviously no DQ, right? Right. But, but then they spend 10 minutes 
just having like you know like a work in the leg like a solid solid work in the leg it's so stupid match and then this is a stupid match and then they get weapons out from under you know there's ladders and yeah. chairs and stuff yeah. under the ring yeah. and they get them out to climb up the ladder and get the chain <laughs> but you don't win by getting the chain no you just have a chain yeah to just hit him with the bloody chair hit him with the ladder see that would have made sense and then and then just to completely confound and confluster it ends with um Shane Douglas has secreted a chain in his knee pad and he pulls it out and he hits him with it and then he hides it from the ref and he swaps it out for the completely identical chain that has been hanging from the... But it's... There's no disqualification. Why? (laughs) Just... What is happening? I, I was left with more questions than answers. Um, Shane Douglas was happy though he celebrated and he won the belt and he said this ended because of a woman or started because of a woman and I was very confused by that <laughs> and yeah well, well here's the thing look even take out all the just the ridiculous nonsense around the, the chain and the no DQ and all that we're not even watching the weekly nitros, the weekly thunders. I don't think that would make. I don't think that would make it easier. But we're we're no, but we're only watching the pay per views, right? And I am sick of seeing General Rection and Shane Douglas. Yeah. Like <laughs> I feel, every time we watch them, and we're only watching the pay per views, and I feel like I've seen this match six hundred effing times. I yeah. am so bored by it. That's exactly my my uh, reaction to it as well. I'm like, God, I've seen this before. Why have I seen this before? Now, to be fair, that's probably why they did what they did with this match. But they should have just called it a ladder match. Yeah, or a weapons, or just, or getting the chain means you win, or just something. <laughs> but it means you win. But oh god, do you know what? In fact, maybe this was a stroke of genius because the fact that I was just absolutely flustered as to what was happening the whole way through it, it distracted me from how bored I am of seeing Rection and Douglas. So maybe that was the point. Yeah. Maybe it was like a, yeah, like a, like a stroke of genius. You're like, we'll blind them with confusion. So yeah. you won't know what's going on. <laughs> Confound them. <laughs> <laughs> so the next match. So a question for you, Martin, you, you're running WCW, right? And you haven't got many stars left. And you're like, right. We're going to try make a change here and we're going to, you know, push our main stars and, you know, try to go for the future. What do you do with your biggest star? Do oh, you, I'd, do, I'd do fire you build a company around them or do you fire them? I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd fire them in, in a <laughs> kayfabe angle and, and then sell the company three months later. So, so that I mean, when this he happens, actually remained fired. So when this happens, right? The, the pay-per-view dies because everyone's so bummed out. They're like, oh, I've, man. It actually Everyone... goes to show how over he still was, Goldberg yeah. still was at the time. Yeah. Because when, like, the the main event dies on its arse. Absolutely, yeah. everybody 
is so depressed. So like literally, you can just the air just goes out of the arena. Everyone's like, "Oh well, because, man, we just lost Goldberg." Let's say you're uh, sort of even mildly clued in WCW fan, and you know that they're not actually firing like their top, their their only like majorly over gay, right? So, so you know he's either going away because he's injured or going away to, you know, make a movie or something and then he'll be back. So e- even if you know that, you're still sitting there watching this show going, oh, man, I know he's coming back eventually, but, God, we got maybe three months, six months of WCW now without the only <laughs> over gay. <you> know? <laughs> so even if you know oh, that no. this isn't a real firing, like you'd still be really bummed. Oh, man. It's just so funny. It's the most. It's the most clear. Like you don't see this in wrestling nowadays. You really don't. It's a time capsule of like people who believe wrestling is real, and the whole arena is like, oh, actually, sadness. Oh yeah, and, and that sadness. carries. That carries on. Like the the main event. Is kind of kill, but it's kind of killed because it's dreadful. But it's it's <laughs> it also kind of kind of killed by this because the crowd is just in no mood for it. Like no, so depressed because they're not like it wasn't even like Goldberg was beaten fairly. It wasn't like he was beaten. It, it was the cheapest overbook nonsense ever, and it was with Lex Luger. Nobody like listen. I I refuse to believe anyone ever liked Lex Luger at any point. I don't believe anyone ever did. And if you did, you're lying. Um, Uh, There was maybe a time around... Now, it was obviously massively engineered and convoluted, but there was maybe a time around the Lex Express when there was a chance he might have gotten over as a babyface. Was this in 1994? Uh, yeah, yeah. This was this was nine years later. Yeah, this is two thousand. <laughs> 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 really but if we're talking, if we're talking <laughs> ever, if we're talking I mean, ever, well, that's fair. But I mean, imagine, <laughs> imagine, like, again, Goldberg is your main talent. He's the only guy you have, and you're like, we're going to get him beaten by an L lad who's falling apart. Well, and the the worst thing about this match was that so it was Goldberg and Sergeant, the trainer from the power plant, oh versus uh, Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell. And even if Sergeant got beaten, uh, Goldberg lost his job. <laughs> so they cut it on the same angle, but they still pinned Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even pin Sergeant. Now the only thing I will say about this is. Not not in this match, not in this storyline, but yeah. I actually really liked the ending where uh, Luger is like accosting a fan who's wearing a Goldberg t-shirt. Yeah. And like Goldberg comes out to like kind of rescue the fan and picks him up off the ground. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. And then he pulls out a thing of mace and he sprays it in Goldberg's eyes. Yeah, that was good. And then the security came rushing in and they didn't wrestle. They didn't throw big punches or anything. They just banged this guy down to the ground and bent his arms and legs and held him down. And it looked so real for a second. 
it looked so real. And if they had, if WCW had any sense, they would have left it at that. Yeah. And then maybe on Nitro the next night, Luger could have come out with the fan and been like, oh, it was a work all along. But Or what they could have done there is they could have been like, the match is end, the match is called off. They're like, you know, they come out and they're like, we've done it, we've got rid of Goldberg. Ha ha ha, didn't we do it? And then it builds up that return to Goldberg coming back. Because if he is injured, he goes, oh, he's never going to wrestle again. We've beaten him. And then in a month later or whatever, come back. That would be better because you have then you have the the hatred for Lex Luger. You have the you know, and then the massive return. No, let's just let's just beat him cleanly in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing was that. that the the thing with the fan it was done so well and it looked so real, right? Yeah. But then Luger came running over and pulled the security guards off the fan and was like shaking his hand and high five and then like ha we got him and I'm like oh you've ruined the like for a minute there it looked really real it looked like you had a really hot angle but you had to like you know pantomime telegraph that it was that it was a a plant you know like I say like you were saying you could have done that the next night on nitro or yeah you know I mean (laughs) I think in a different storyline I think that's a pretty cool, pretty cool wee trick, you know, that, uh, hindsight, you know, hindsight is what it is. But I mean, even at this point, you know, Bischoff was writing it. You think he would have had a bit more sense to be like, actually, we probably shouldn't kill our main star. Um, but they did. And I mean, it, it leads, it leads perfectly into the next, the, ne- the well, main I tell you, just, just before we get to the main event. So after the match, the, the camera really lingers. Like, yeah, everyone was bummed out. Everyone was actually properly upset. Like, and and you know, it's Goldberg's like wiping the mess out of his eyes, and everyone's really upset. <laughs> but at one stage, the commentators are going, "Oh, this is terrible." Goldberg, uh, after even after we lost the NWO and we fell behind, Goldberg was carrying this company. Goldberg was going to make us number one again. And I'm like, oh my god, lads! Like, this is really. <laughs> Like you're you're really exposing what's what's going on here, you know. Like, <laughs> like hey, we got bought last week. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, a lot of guys <laughs> knew what was happening. Yeah, I mean it's it, it depressing. It re- it really is. Like again, if you ever wanted to see like this, should be taught in colleges. You know what a depressing ending is like. You know, um. So look, the main event. Again, oh, uh, sorry, and very quickly, the other thing about that match was that uh, during the pay-per-view, Flair had come out, oh God. and he'd made a big song and dance about how the Goldberg match was now going to be no disqualification, as if we hadn't just seen four or five bloody matches in a row where illegal stuff happened right in front of the referee, and he just didn't react to it. Like, no disqualification at this stage of the pay-per-view. It just means nothing. It has no. It, so in the matches where that aren't no DQ, all sorts of illegal stuff is happening <laughs> from the ref, and he's not doing anything. In the the one bloody match chain match that is no DQ, the guy is like hiding a weapon in his knee pad as if he's gonna get. It's, this you know, is just topsy turvy land. But you know, maybe it's like you know when you who was it? It was one of the wrestlers in WWE. 
Uh, actually, you see in TNA as well, where they'd, it would, they'd be in a reverse ladder match and they'd go for a pin and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop trying to pin him. <laughs> Maybe it was just like, you know, habit. I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, a macho man in the Royal Rumble trying to pin yes. Yoko <laughs> Yes, he's also, but you see it all the time in, in TNA. Um, all right. The main event. So main does this sound appetizing or not, right? Sid Vicious already answers no. Jeff Jarrett, the former four-time world champion for some reason, which is astounding. This man was in a good housekeeping match less than a year before this with China. Lost. And I like Jeff Jarrett, but a world champion at this point, he was not. Scott Steiner, the only man who looked like he cared throughout the whole night in the main, the main roster. And then Road Warrior Animal. Holy the big, hell. The big surprise. Big surprise. I mean, again... Should have been Norman Smiley. It's a, a, anybody. A, anyone. Literally anybody. anyone. Literally anybody. I mean, anybody. I don't know why. I, I had it in my head that it was going to be uh, Sting? Booker, Booker T. Because he, oh, he wasn't oh, he on the did. show yet. Yeah, he had beef as well. I yeah. mean, here's one. What you could have done is you could have went and got, you know, someone from ECW. You could have got um, one of the WWE guys who were left off. Like, anybody. But you bring like you bring back the Road Warrior like singularly, a Road Warrior, it, not yeah. the Road Warriors. So not even yeah, like they're they're like the Young Bucks. They're yeah. famous as a team. Yeah. Um, and also you're like okay, we're gonna bring back uh half of the Road Warriors, uh, <laughs> but to really up the ante, we are going to dress him in a weird gimp mask. Which was very weird. That was very <laughs> Just, strange. I mean, but look, the whole thing was bizarre. It was eight minutes of nonsense. Like, I was looking at the time and I'm like, I guess they're not going to show up anybody. What's going on? And then it cuts to the back and your man walks out in his, in his little alpha. And then it's revealed that it's the Road Warrior. And, the, the, you know, they do the whole, oh, what side is he on? And then they all attack. <laughs> they all and, attack. Well, uh, Sid and it's weird is Jeff Jarrett celebrating on the outside and you're like what happened What's what do you do <laughs> what do you do you lost him <laughs> he's celebrating and you're like what is going on oh, so uh, this match starts and Ric Flair comes out and he says I said I have a surprise for you but I didn't say when I had a surprise for you so this guy isn't isn't going to be in the match from the start which is stupid because what if somebody gets pinned before he comes out? <laughs> Two minutes. So, so oh, that's yeah. that's stupid for a start. Uh, then, like I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about Sid's leg in a minute. But then, oh, what actually God. happens is he comes out and he he delivers one kick. <laughs> like that's it. That's he comes it, out yeah. and Sid's laying difference. on the ground. That's the difference maker. The one but kick. <laughs> Sid's laying on the ground. <laughs> With a literally broken leg. <laughs> <laughs> and your man comes out and kicks him. And he wasn't getting up anyway. And the, no, he wasn't. Like, no, look, you can't, you can't account for, for injuries. Like, but I mean, at that point, you would have called an audible and been like, look, he's... Well, look, you know, if he was laying there, anyway. if he was laying there going, oh my God, my leg's really sore. <laughs> Like you would go, okay. The ref will go, okay. Look, just just pin him yeah. or get him out of the ring and pin exactly. Jared. Yeah, yeah. You know? But he is laying there. I don't know for anyone who hasn't seen this video. He is laying there 
with his leg <laughs> hanging hanging off. It's it literally lo- the, the wrong ray- way around. It looks like something out of a horror film. <laughs> it's horrendous. Yeah. It's, it's easily, yeah. easily the worst wrestling injury you've ever seen. It's, yeah. he's, he's laying there <laughs> in the middle of the ring and they're having this match around him. And then Scott Stader knows that the surprise is, is coming up so he can't pin him. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett's laid on the ground outside the ring. <laughs> Sid is laying there, physically broken, unable to move. Yeah. And Scott's big papa pup is like <laughs> walking around Sid, like stamping on his shoulder and stuff. <laughs> I'm watching I'm watching this again to see if you can just, see when it happened. Just <laughs> I, think, I think it's such a gruesome like and I, if there's anybody listening who hasn't seen the uh, just go into YouTube right. and type so, Sid leg break. Yeah, so it's not actually. I don't. I think they might have actually removed it from the network because. I think the, yeah, I think the network went back and yeah. edited it because, because it yeah. is so horrific. Yeah, because what happens is he uh, throws double J O. Actually, that explains why it's so confusing. So he, when I was watching it, he uh, he throws him over the. He throws double J over the over the over the barricade, right? And then a heart cuts to him in the ring with his leg the wrong. Yeah way around so, so i mean what, that's what happens what is he he did a it was either a top rope or a mid rope uh it was like i don't know what he was going for like a drop kick and maybe he got scared halfway through and put his leg down but basically what what ends up happening is he jumps from either the top or the middle rope and lands on one leg oh like, man he's a massive gay so instantly the leg just just breaks and it's it's so horrible it doesn't break at a joint or anything like it breaks right in the middle of the of the shin bone because you can see it like you can see where it's hanging off and there's a brilliant bit where he's laying there in the ground and he's trying to he's trying to lift his leg so the, the, <laughs> yes. the upper part of his leg lifts but the broken bit just hangs there to the side, completely dead. <laughs> and you hear Tony Schiavone going, oh, I, I think he might have injured his leg. <laughs> it's, it's hanging off him. Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful in, in the worst possible way, I mean. But it, it's still... Actually, to find it now, it is on Daily Motion if you want to see it. And you can see it happening. Yeah. Oh, my God, there it is. Oh, it's so manky. Oh, it's, it's horrific. It's horrific. <laughs> Oh, but but that's the thing. It's yeah. such a horrible injury. It's so awful. For the love of God, somebody oh call an god. audible. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's so horrible looking. Somebody get oh. him out of the ring and have the referee go over to Jeff Jarrett and say, "Hey, listen, animal's going to come in here and hit you with a DDT or a bulldog or something." And, and take the pain. I mean, no, he's not kicking out of anything. No, it's it's the fact that for the next like four minutes they make him lay in the ring while Scott Steiner stomps on him until Animal can amble his fat oh. arse down the ring to stomp on him one more time. It's such, it's such. Oh my god, it's it's oh, I, what? Damn you, WWE for cutting that out of the network. <laughs> horrible, horrible. But I mean, oh, God. maybe maybe they'll put it back on the network now that they're apparently going to 
PG 14. I mean, yeah, it's all, all the like, <laughs> it's like the episode of Sims, you know, sports, <laughs> worse injuries. Do you know what this should do? The week, the week to go, TG TV 14. Do you know that, uh, then now forever thing at the start? <laughs> they should put Sings leg breaking into the, into the then footage. <laughs> Then, oh, and it's like Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart and Sid's leg. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong way. Like, guys, you can find it on Daily Motion. It's one of the most horrendous things you'll ever see. It's <laughs> it's so manky. But at the same time, on the network, when you're watching it, he lifts his leg and it just flops. It's, it's, just, it's, hanging. it's just hanging there. So, I mean, look, calling an audible in this would have made a lot more sense. To, to get the. the the clearly the guy with the war injury <laughs> get him out of the ring and pin Jeff Jarrett yeah I mean it, what's so bizarre is Jarrett is celebrating the outside and he never established that him and Steiner were mates so it just kind of happens and you're like what is going on here it's, it's uh, like from start to finish the the one thing I'll say about this is you are never bored during no. this pay-per-view because no. you are just confused. Well, look, and he, you can't be confused and bored. So uh, in 2007, our mate Arnold Furious of 411 Wrestling gave the event a rating of 4.5. Poor. Stating, quote, the undercard has so much hard work in it. Two great cruiserweight matches uh, in, in the first half and a solid hardcore match, which is true. Basically, everyone who had the chance to move up the car tried really, really hard. The main event guys strolled out there and dogged in matches with, ridic- with, ri- with ri- riddled with stupid booking. Sid broke his leg. Goldberg said, do we still be forever? Uh, early on, Steiner had taken one of WCW's most... Ba- uh, sorry. Uh, earlier on, Steiner had taken out one of WCW's baby faces. Um, there's really only Nash and DDP left. And they jobbed to a bunch of rookie mid-carders. True. The direction and, the com- and they didn't care. No. The direction of the company was once again embarrassed, embarrassing. Way to go, Eric Bischoff. Turn that company around! Exclamation point. It's all pretty depressing. Luckily enough, WCW died two months later and now no one has to watch it. Yay. End quote. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a bit... It's a bit bitter, man. I mean, it's... Look, look like we said... I mean, I had a good time. It, it all depends on how you're viewing this. If you're viewing this in the context of, of like, you know, what WWF was doing at the time, like, this is, this I is mean, pitiful. Man, listen, you're not going to see anyone else break their leg like that on WWE. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Come to WCW, but, where top stars break their leg in horrendous ways. If you're, if you view it like, like, if you're just looking at it as a series of matches, I mean, there's some, there's some good matches. There's, even the bad matches, there's some good moments. Yeah. Like even this dreadful uh, main event, it still has big pop and pump. He's class. I have gained since doing this podcast. I have gained a whole new appreciation for Scott Steiner. Ah, uh, Scott Steiner is the best. Is so good. He knows exactly what his gimmick is, exactly what his role is. And he is so good at it. He is. He's one of the and best. He really is. To sound like an idiot, but he does it amazingly. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, look, I would I would I wouldn't be so harsh with my review of it 
I would say, look, it's four and a half stars. Half the first half of the show is actually really good, and then it dips. It's basically thunder with some more stuff stapled to it. And the stuff that's stapled to it is so bizarrely puzzling that you're like, what is going on? Again, if you want to see that leg break, it's hilarious. You have to find it on you on Daily Motion. Um, but yeah, Martin, have you got anything to plug before we get out of here this week? Yeah, I'm 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 go- I'm gonna start a petition. I want the leg break in the, <laughs> the in the then now forever montage at the start of every every WWE program. So you gotta start out on Twitter. So hashtag Hashtag save the leg. Save the leg break. <laughs> hashtag Sid's leg. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag Folks, dead if leg. you're listening to the show, hashtag Sid's leg. Let's get a tw- let's get a trending for a 21 year old thing to happen on WCW that nobody watched. <laughs> we're gonna get it the because get it's TV PG 14 whatever it is. We're gonna get it in the in the opening montage. Hashtag Sid's leg. I'm also going to push that. Uh, James Truepenny, if you're listening, hashtag Sid's leg, because we want that trending. We want to get the whole network pushing it. Guys, thank you so much for listening to us here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Again, if this is your first time checking out the show, I'm sorry. Um, but also, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Please go over, check out our social media, um, therestingrewind.com is where you'll be able to find a link to everything that we have, our YouTube, our uh, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. It's all there. So again, um, until next week, I've been Dara, he's been Martin, hashtag save Dave, and we'll talk to you here on The Wrestling Rewind. Bye guys. Sid's leg. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. <laughs>